2: Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always is my trusty co-host, Rob Langervin. Hey, what's going on, Kevin? And with us this week
3: is a special guest from a special site, PlayTaga.com, John Whalen. How's
4: it going, John? It's going great, Rob. Thank you very much. And with you and me is today's special guest host, Kevin DeVries of the EPL <laughs> Roundtable. Kev, oh say God. hello to the people.
2: Hey guys, that was a terrific. You know, we call ourselves the FPL Roundtable, and that might be the first time we did anything round <laughs> other than uh-huh. drinks so out the, of round who, glasses.
3: Who's the pivot man in this circle?
2: <laughs> no, you know, I think we're finally running the triangle offense. Yeah. Uh, and I think Does it, it work still? Does that even still work? Well, definitely not in New York. Um, yeah, shout no, out to all the Knicks fans that are sad. Exact. But hey, Knicks fans, it could be worse. There are still the Nets.
4: Hey, soccer fans, the Knicks are a basketball team that fly <laughs> their trade in New York City, America.
2: And also, they're bad. The Nets, also in New York, well, technically Brooklyn, the city with two O's. And uh, they're awful. They're really bad. Uh, and I actually got to go to draft night for the NBA last year and was there when all of the New Yorkers booed Christoph Przingis, who they'd never heard of. And now he's pretty much their second best player. Draft so, proper. That, that did not. <laughs> draft dropper? Yeah, I'd S- I, drop. I, I drop all the names of drafts I attend. <laughs> um, unfortunately, the NFL draft moved from New York the year I finally moved there, uh, which was super rude. But anyway, I digress. We're here to talk about a little bit of fantasy soccer. You know the drill. We're talking price changes, start sits, our uh, 65 million pound challenge that we're doing with Anfield Index Fantasy Football Show. Zach and Nick over there are great guys. Be sure to give them a look. Uh, and then we'll talk to John uh, about weird questions <laughs> that Rob will inevitably have, and then our captains and our teams. Uh, I will start off with price changes, my very own self, starting with Tottenham's own Della Ali, who rises to 6-1. Uh, and obviously he's been terrific thus far, but I do want to keep an eye on what happens with Musa Dembele. I wrote an update for this, funnily enough, John, on PlayTarget.com today. Uh, talking about the De Musa Dembele injury and what that will mean and what kind of knock on effect that will have at Tottenham. Because it's possible that Della Ali gets pushed back in the formation, pushing Ericsson to the middle, which opens up a spot for a winger, say Nasser Chadley or Hyungman's son, or Ericsson stays where he is out left. Della Ali stays right behind Harry Kane, and then you have a player like Mason or Benteleb coming in like for like. This isn't a situation that I love as a Della Ali owner, which I am. This is not a hypothetical. I do obviously have him in FPL, but just kind of keep an eye on how this progresses. If there was an order for players that I think are most likely to take Dembele's spot, remember this spot on an actual football pitch changes based on formation, but probably Sun, Chadley, Mason, Bentaleb, in that order, a player's most likely to get more playing time now that Moussa Dembele is out. Another Tottenham player on the rise, which makes it really convenient that I started this, but those longtime listeners know I always start this segment, but it's just super convenient this week. Erickson up to 8.6. I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm going to throw it to you guys here in a sec, but he's getting a bit pricey for me, to be honest. He has been cr- creating just insane amounts of chances, more than anyone in the league over the last five, catching up to Mesut Ozil, and by catching up, I mean still about 30 behind. Um, but he has some pretty decent matchups against Swansea Villa and Bournemouth in the next five. Formation shift I already mentioned. It could cause issues uh, for him because defenses can shift focus onto him a bit more away from Dembele, who was cruising through midfields previously. I'm not saying to sell him, but I'm not necessarily saying you should buy in now either. What's your guys' take? Yeah, John, I'll let you take this one first. You're the guest.
4: Oh, thank you so much. Is this the part where you and I just banter so that Kev can't just keep talking about Tottenham? Yeah. just keep So going the for thing for, about yeah. Kevin no, so, Vimmer... It's a physical <laughs> inevitability. It's a physical inevitability. One thing I will say about uh, Mr. DeVries' uh, Christian Eriksson is that he has 88 chances created this season with 10 assists, that is a very reasonable proportional ratio that we can expect him to continue to have throughout the rest of the season. So while he may not end up catching Mesut Ozil, and I mean, you'd have to go on quite the tear, as would Mr. Harry Kane, to catch uh, Mesut Ozil's 17 fantasy assists, I do think he's shortly going to surpass Ryan Mares, with whom he's level on 10 assists. Mares has only created 52 chances. So if you're looking at somebody at In that mid-tier range for pricing, I actually don't have a huge problem. As Kevin mentioned, you know, with Swansea, West Ham, Aston Villa, and Bournemouth as four of the upcoming five matches, the only interesting or intriguing or possibly downturn he's going to have is that Week 29 home match to Arsenal. And frankly, after watching Arsenal this past week and and in handling uh, that pressing attacking midfielder, I'm not going to put Christian Eriksen in the Messi class. But I How will say rude. that <laughs> I will say that he is he's certainly capable of picking up an assist. And honestly, all he needs is either an assist, or if you're playing in a draft format or a cash game format, you know, a couple crosses, a couple of chances created, and he's certainly going to justify the price.
3: Yeah, I, you know, for the eight point six that he's currently pushing, you know, he's coming into that questionable ownership. Look somewhere else, somewhere cheaper, because you got to fit in parts otherwhere. Um, you know, I just looked at the assists, and I'll even throw this out there right now. You know, uh, you know, Della Ali has eight assists in 140 less minutes played, and I say he finishes the season with more than Erickson. Wow. So that's how much of a believer I am not in Christian Erickson. It is 8.6. So I'd rather have Della Ali. Of course, everybody would because of the price, but I know we're talking about Christian Erickson. So his 8.6 price tag compared to what you're looking to get out of him for, for the matchups that he's going to have – you know, I'd probably downshift into a lower price range in the one 7.0 range to, like, a, a, a Willian or someone like that. Even a, even a Barkley, if you don't even own Ross Barkley, he's 7.4. Um, so from that standpoint, I'm I don't I'm not a true believer in, in Christian Erikson only because the price tag keeps rising, so he's becoming harder and harder to fit into your roster with the pieces that you need to compete.
4: Rob, can I just jump in right there for a second? Because <laughs> sure. I think there's a, a miss, like, uh, maybe, like, not a misunderstanding, but I think people have selective memory when it comes to Della Ali. You know, they know that he was a part-time player at the start of the season, and then they remember those big performances of late. So a lot of people think that he hasn't recorded the the same number of minutes, for example, that Christian Erikson has. But if my numbers are up to date, Erikson has 1,870 minutes played so far. Della Ali actually has 1,751. He's only literally a match and change behind Erikson. But despite only being a match and change behind him, he has 40 chances created to Erickson's 88. So while he has seven goals and eight assists, some of that's been a touch fortuitous. He has 20 mm. shots on target. Erickson has 26. Seven of all these shot, uh, shots on target have gone in. Obviously, only five of Erickson's have. But if you start looking at where those regression is going to come in, like, Ericsson's putting up the better underlying numbers, and he's doing it in roughly the same amount of minutes that Ali's played. Despite the fact that, in everyone's in collective perception, mine included, you just remember those big performances from a young Ali, you know, followed up by uh, an endless week of memes where he's just waving at you on Twitter. So, like, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs>
2: which is hilarious. But I is. don't usually do this, but I'm going to back up Rob here and say that that difference in minutes played per counting stat. Is worth it for a six point one to an eight point six? That's two point five. Yeah, that that's what I. Higher. That's basically what I'm saying. Yeah, and, I don't but, think but, any but, of us are saying Christian Erickson's bad. I mean, you literally no, compared no, him to Messi no. just minutes ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 point per pound because of British money. Uh, I I don't know. I, I, I see where you, what you're coming from, John. I I do agree that a lot of people are forgetting that Eriksen has missed some time this season. The Dell Ali basically started getting his starts week five, which I think is a lot earlier than a lot of people are thinking in their mind because of his recent fantasy success. I think well, the I've, price change is really where he's going with that.
4: Only, only for the FPL official will I make this one additional point. Hmm. I think that if you can acquire either Ericsson or Ali in a draft game like Taga or, or one of the other draft games in a cash game, depending on where their prices are, and if you're looking at cash games lately, their prices are pretty much equal. In the FPL official – I would still be willing to pay the premium for Christian Eriksson because Della Ali is owned in 31.3% of leagues. That's fair. Christian Eriksson is only owned in 10%. Here's,
2: and I here's think my th- question for you mm-hmm. on that, though. Would you be willing to own both as many people may?
4: I am willing to own both. I am actually in the process of figuring out my wild card ahead of the short slate, the eight game weeks, uh, excuse me, the eight matches that we're going to see in game week 27. And currently I'm trying to figure out which three spurs I'm going to have in. Mm. Obviously, we all know I'm going to have Eric Dyer in there somewhere.
1: Obviously, based (laughs) on my
4: earlier comments, I'm going to have Christian Erickson. So I'm trying to make a determination about where I feel... um, Harry Kane's fitness is after missing out on the Europa League, following the surgery with the broken nose. Mm. Uh, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at Della Ali. I'm looking at possibly adding, um, you know, on a, on a lark, someone like Kieran Trippier, just because I think that there's a chance he might get that start and, and could have a very, very big return um, in a match where they're playing Swansea, who have not been particularly proficient in front of True. goal, especially since the departure of John Joe Shelby to Newcastle. Mm. And... I, you know So I'm, I'm weighing um, weighing all of that. Yeah, uh, I will have three Spurs in my lineup come the end
2: of the wild card. Uh, you uh, beautifully segued for me, so I appreciate it, into me talking more about Tottenham. So you raise an interesting point on Trippier and Walker rotating it right back. Now, the unfortunate thing for fantasy owners is that neither are ownable, and I'll tell you why. So I waited until we had four consecutive weeks where I could say this with confidence, But they are held in equal esteem by Mauricio Pochettino, and regardless of competition, alternate matches. So that if one is tired out, the other one is fresh. So regardless of if it's two consecutive Premier League matches, a Premier League in an FA Cup, which we're now out of, a Premier League in a Europa League, they always alter. So this weekend against Crystal Palace, we saw Walker and Rose as the combination, which means Thursday we'll see Trippier and Davis, which means at the weekend we will see Walker and Rose again, which sucks. I will be the first one to say that. I picked up Danny Rose. Thought he was a great pick. I was told at our summit in the summer how silly I was for taking Monreal over Rose in that draft. Monreal, as far as I'm aware, the highest scoring defender in the Taga system right now, uh, which is very frustrating. But Danny Rose and Ben Davis on the left, Kieran Trippier, and Kyle Walker at right back. They're alternating every other game. If you have another one, like in our Toga League, I do have Dyer and Rose. So Dyer is the constant, Rose is the one you play when he's in, which it looks like he will be this weekend, but I'd probably avoid Trippier and Davis this weekend. And in the official game, I'd avoid both, because he'll just waste a lot of transfers trying to figure out who's starting at the wingbacks for Tottenham.
4: You're right that Nacho Monreal is the highest scoring uh, player in Taga with... Uh... Three hundred and five and three quarter mm. points. Uh, not Virgil to put van- anyone
2: on blast, an Arsenal fan told me to not do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: Anyway, Virgil Van Dyke though is actually just behind him at three hundred and three, and he's played three hundred fewer minutes. So, like, starting next week, you don't have to feel quite so bad. About I
2: can't him. talk about Virgil Van Dyke. I picked him up. He's the one that I wasted my summer waiver pick on. Traded yeah. him for Adrissa Guy, then dropped him later. And picked him back up while Van Dyke has blown away every defender that I have. Although Bronislav Ivanovich was a sneaky pickup by me, if I do say so myself. All right, uh, <laughs> kind of continuing with the Toga theme, no surprise there. A player that you pimped very early on in our conversations, not Roberto Firmino, who has been great, doesn't play this week. Dimitri Piat, who I believe is on your team, rises to 8.4 because duh. And I know a lot of people were putting it up to him. This is what I said last week, is that last week was his week to prove it to me. He was the only player I had with a good matchup. Captain him, comes through with 13 points in the official game. Tell us, John, why why were you so in on Payette early? And, you know, tell the people why 8.4 is super worth it. Uh, I mean, the reason I was in on Payette
4: early is just uh, track record. And I saw... Essentially, I did a little bit of comparison for players that had similar stats and skill sets coming out of uh, foreign leagues into the Premier League, making a, you know just a judgment call. And you can kill me for a couple of things this year. Uh, certainly, you can kill me for uh, Roberto Firmino early, but not late. You can kill me uh, for not being more vociferous about telling people to get Ryan Maras on their team uh, at the start of the season when I had been pimping him heavily since January of last year for people to get them in his the team. But with Dimitri Payet, like I think that even when he was injured, I, in, obviously in this format, in the in the salary cap format, I said sell him as soon as you can and buy him back when you can. He is still the fifth highest scoring player in Taga's system. The only players that he's behind are Eriksson, Vardy, Mars, and Ozil. Mm-hmm. And that's a testament to his all-around game. You know, You're talking about a player right now who has 76 chances, created six assists. From his 18 shots on target, I know we just talked about how ridiculous uh, Della Ali's return is for uh, for his goals, but he has seven goals from 18 shots on yeah. target. I mean, not only is that unsustainable as a general rule, but the crazy thing about Ped is it doesn't look unsustainable, right?
2: The places the he's putting the, the ball teams, every time is always terrific, yeah.
4: Yeah, he's like the uh he's the anti uh James Milner uh for a bad example or he's the anti Cristiano Ronaldo for like a high end <laughs> example. He doesn't require 150 shots to score 40 goals and he doesn't require 140 shots to score 5 goals, depending on which player you're talking about. But um I think that there's no player better positioned to see out his current value to see, uh, let me put it this way. I think there's no player better positioned for the ownership that he has. And make no mistake, Riot, uh, excuse me, Dimitri Payet's ownership has bounced back. He's still at 24.4%. Nearly one quarter of all teams in a uh, salary cap league own him. He's 100% owned in draft leagues on our platform on playtaga.com but I don't see another player that's better positioned to earn in excess of what his current value is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you need to be looking at with 10 weeks left in the season.
2: Yeah, Payet, an easy top five midfielder till the end of the year, arguably top five, period. Um, in players that are falling in price, we'll throw this to Rob here in a sec. It's your boy, Marco Arnautovic. You talked me into bringing him in in the 65 million pound challenge. He suffers a late illness, makes a late scratch in that match. It's weird that he's dropping now, as he has two consecutive matches against bottom four defenses in the league. And I know Stoke have been struggling, and I think a part of that may be be because of Arnautovic, who, again, was a late scratch. But he could bounce back, and in a big way, in the coming weeks. So, if you wouldn't mind, Rob, preach the gospel of Arnautovic.
3: Yeah, like you said, he... he Took up ill last week, and we kind of got a little burned in the sixty-five mil challenge. But,
2: we know, took, by the way, we took an average—not of – an average—a total of negative three points from our two transfers. Yeah, we we we
3: <gasps> we just might as well just have given points back to the AI folks.
2: But, we uh, literally did. We doubled them week one, and they yeah. doubled us week two. Yeah, it, uh, but, but I, we but are I still made, winning sixty
3: fifty-seven. Yeah, but I made the I made the Ornatovich move. No, I I knew that they were going to come and make make the contest more than two weeks because I knew they were shifty, and grimy. <laughs> and then they wanted to make up rules of their own and stuff.
2: To be but- fair, they let us make up a rule, which is, uh, John, if you don't know, we have a 65 million pound challenge going on with the infold index. We'll talk about it later. And the rules we changed when uh, Nick Truss was on is we get three transfers instead of two this week. And then the last week of the competition, no transfers for either side. And we get to triple captain a defender on the opposing team side.
4: That all sounds perfectly reasonable. <laughs> so we're playing Tony Poulos rules,
2: right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, but Rob. Anyway, sorry, didn't didn't mean to interrupt you there. Arnautovic.
4: Yeah,
3: I, I love Arnautovic. I've loved him all year. You know, when you he's a different player from when you when you look at your computer screen and you look at him and you look at his price, which is six you know six point four or six point three. I apologize. And you see him on the pitch. He's one of those guys that you'd love to watch because he seems like he's so in the game. I understand this game's played on a computer screen, it's played with numbers, and it's played with fake scoring and fake stats that you guys want to... Well, they're not really fake stats, but they're stats. You understand? But when you watch this guy, you want to see a guy who's out there kicking the ball literally as hard as he can, even if it's to a teammate. That, to me, is a good thing. I love Arnautovic just for that standpoint, because he looks like a guy who's just going out there slugging the ball, and giving good investment at a 6.3 return. Uh, you know I could be wrong, but you know from a standpoint of looking for a, a cheap fifth midfielder, Arnautovic is, is one of the guys for me.
2: Yeah, no disagreement from me here. Does anybody have final words before we take a five-second break and head in start sets?
4: Oh, uh, Roberto Firmino is currently number 24 in total scoring in Taga and number 21 in total scoring in the FPL, and he's only going to get better. I Except mean, for this week when he doesn't play. When he doesn't play, but that's going to mean that he has a double game week upcoming, and I wanted to bring up the fact that double game weeks are going to apply in Taga just as they are in the FPL, Mm -hmm. and all of those Liverpool, Manchester United, Newcastle, and Everton players are players that you need to be paying attention to, and please don't sell them at a loss just to have to buy them back at another loss in a week.
2: Yeah, really interesting point you make there, especially about adding in Manchester United and Everton players who could be historically in line for a triple game week, depending on the results of the FA Cup's next round, which would be insane, or a mini double game week. We'll see how all that breaks down. And now, a five-second break for station identification.
1: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
4: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: Hey, you're back. So that was a lie. It was just a random commercial exclusively for people in England. Uh, oh. All right. <laughs> so now uh, we're going to head into start Sit. Oh, Hi, governor.
4: I think perhaps you've forgotten. We've already come back to the show. There's <laughs> no commercial. It's all part of the bigger picture. Rob, that is very offensive.
2: <laughs> How could you? That sounded very similar to Abed and Troy's uh, attempts at doing Inspector Space Time, which was their attempt at Doctor Who on the. That is
4: actually exactly what. Awesome show, Community. From. Yeah. This is Rob.
2: <laughs> John, nice. we, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> we can't. We can't talk about Community on there. Okay, so, for, <laughs> so for start, since here's the deal. Rob always has a great under-the-radar guy. I always have a stereotypical big-name guy. And that doesn't change this week. Uh, for my forward, I propose Jamie Vardy, who's the most added player this week. So I'm not necessarily breaking new ground, but I do have some information and stats for you. League's leading goal scorer on 19 goals, facing a north side in awful form, conceding an average of 3 goals per game over their last 5 matches. I did see an article earlier this week, which is why I felt I needed to mention this, saying that his shot conversion rate will drop. He scored 19 goals on just 41 shots on target, which, again, kind of citing what uh, John was talking about, seems a little high. You'd expect, quote-unquote, regression. But that's how Leicester play. Anybody that's watched them play will realize that this is how they set up. They set up on the counter, and three or four times during a match, they lead to clear-cut chances, a stat which you mentioned mares earlier, a stat that mares is second in the league in creating is clear-cut chances, and Vardy is converting one in every two shots on target. So, in case people are wondering, is this going to drop off? Those stats seem unsustainable. In a normal setting, the answer to that would be yes, but this is how Lester play. This is why every... Person loves to think Lester are this great offensive attacking side and then when Lester play anybody's team They're like, oh, they're awful. All they did was defend That's what playing on the counter is and I'm very frustrated from both a fantasy and a real-life aspect that so few people are able to grasp that concept Now that I'm done lecturing you um, How about a good striker? Uh, in fantasy uh, Which if he plays is Bojan Bojan Bojan? This week,
0: he's half Spanish, <laughs> oh, Jeff, half Carson. Croatian.
2: I don't know which yeah. which way to go with that. Uh, he gets the uh, always vaunted, you get to face Aston Villa award. Uh, yeah. He had picked up a slight knock. I think that's why he was rested the last two. This could be a really good differential play for you, as I'm sure a lot of people will be shying away. If he does get the start against Aston Villa, he scores. I'm just putting it out there. I could be wrong, but I'm probably not. But I might be. We'll see. Uh, also, Enter Valencia is a matchup I like especially now that West Ham can put its best midfield three behind the striker, Lanzini, Pyatt, and Antonio. Now that Lansini looks like he's back and fit, I will toss it to whoever wants to go next. Rob.
4: Oh, shit. No, wait, John, John, John. We meant John. Uh, hey, Kev. So, uh, Norwich City, they are uh, third worst in the league behind only Newcastle and Sunderland in goals allowed away from home. They've hmm. given up 30 in their uh, 13 matches away from home.
2: Wait, 30 in their 50, I want
4: to say, total? That's not great. 30 in 50, yes, 50 total. Their total is level for worst with Sunderland. Um, Aston Villa sit on 26 goals allowed in their their 13 matches away, which certainly isn't good. But um, I agree with you in saying that I believe Norwich uh, is more likely to be breached by Jamie Vardy. Uh, then I am thinking that BoJack Horseman will score against Aston Villa, and that is not just because <laughs> I think that he may not get more than, say, 60 minutes in that match. Um, I'm going to tout the dynamic duo of Odeon Ignalo and Troy Dini playing at home for Watford against ASC Bournemouth, and I am contemplating uh, captaining Troy Dini in my mm. side, and that side does include uh, Ryan Mares. It may well include... Jamie Vardy, once I play my wild card. Um, It's certainly going to include three Spurs playing at home against Swansea, but I think that that Watford side, particularly given that uh, Igalo and Dini are responsible for some 80-plus percent of the goals that that team has scored all season in the Premier League, is going to be the way to go. I do like West Ham against Sunderland at home in the early kickoff on the 27th, but honestly, I don't know which player I can trust in West Ham obviously play it is he's in my side uh but he might play a fantastic match and get two second assists and this isn't hockey so that doesn't help my fantasy team
2: i love hockey especially the (laughs) hockey assist also we'll get into a bit of controversy later with your watford call (laughs) rob who do you got
3: this week you know, you guys basically are hitting on everyone I had written down here this week.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I do that thing where I always list everyone, and then we also have John before we get to you. We'll switch yeah. it up in the next week. I, I actually had two guys
3: penciled in it forward, and John, you touched on one. M- one guy is Troy Deeney for me. The ownership, 4.5, uh, going against Bournemouth. Uh, anybody against looking Palace, for it? Palace, of
2: course. Oh,
3: I'm sorry. Wait, what did I say? Palace? What?
2: I don't know. You didn't say that. Oh.
3: Yeah, you're good. You're good. Yeah, no, I'm good. Sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> they're playing Bournemouth. You know, anybody looking for a, an anti Igalu player or somebody to shift funds, Dini's a guy. And I'm going to disagree completely with Bojan on you guys. I think he doesn't even start in this game. and I think Jose Lu gets a start. How's that? Ooh, Josh, I, I
4: don't. I don't disagree with that at all, dude. Yeah, like, he's I been playing I, well when he has played. And,
3: and, and yeah. I think Jose Lu is the, is the guy that scores for them this week. Uh, through the midfield, I have another Stoke guy. I'm jumping on the Potters this week against Villa. Uh, I mentioned it to Kevin off air earlier today. It's Ibrahim Atholay. Look at the ownership, 0.5%. Price tag, very, very tiny. He's got 30 points in his last six. Sounds like a good investment to me against a Villa squad that sucks. If anybody's looking for a better sneaky play, another guy that I love, Yannick Velassi, going to be playing this week. So can't really go wrong when you have a love fest for a guy. Uh, <laughs> on, def- on defense... Uh, anybody with a f- with a Lester uniform does it for me. If you want to go hang out in Jamaica Compound with West, West Morgan, good for you. Your Personal ton- friend. Yeah, totally. We we smoke tons and tons of stuff. And- Definitely or- tobacco cough. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely for tobacco purposes only, and it's medicinal tobacco purposes only. <laughs> uh, and you know, I- I'm a big fan of Christian Fuchs. Kevin is as well. You know, he's captain of his own country for a reason. So.
2: Yep, Uh, I think Christian Fuchs can officially be dubbed the official (laughs) starting wingback of the FPL roundtable. Rob did just kind of cruise through a lot of those positions, so I'll try to catch up. Uh, You mentioned the Leicester boys. (laughs) You know how the last time I just mentioned a super obvious player this week? Mahrez against Norwich is the no-duh award winner of the week. Payet against Sunderland, a very close second. I understand where you're coming from, John, but I I have to trust Payet. Uh, it's partly because I'm so often wrong on big name players. every time I captain Payette, he does the he does the deed for me and I very much appreciate that including last week where he we put up 13. And Rob, I have mentioned how we like to be a little conservative on players on this podcast in the past uh, that usually we want to see a week before we buy in. but I think the blasty shout is a great one. He may just be worth breaking this rule for because Blassie is still 11th in successful take-ons in the league. Despite having missed tons of matches during which Crystal Palace have picked up, if I'm correct here, roughly zero Premier League wins since he got hurt. He's on four goals this season, which already matches his last season total. And with Kabay constantly creating instead of being involved in the final ball, John, kind of like you were talking about secondary assists, that's what Kabay's been doing. He's been playing the Modric role, and I will say Modric because I'm a Tottenham fan and because he's the best central midfielder to ever graced the Premier League. Uh, but he's constantly creating instead of being involved in that final ball is Kabay. And I think Balassi could finally become that link that gets Palace firing again. Zaha is so temperamental. He's unownable to me because of his highs and lows. You never know where that's going to fall, especially in the Premier League uh, official game. But I think Bellassi offers that consistency where he's constantly putting the defense on the back foot. And I think the chances of him sending in crosses, you have Emmanuel Adebayor, who most of his career has been based, that's not true, but essentially at Tottenham has been based on goals happening in the inner box there in the penalty area. And then you have a side like Palace, who were third in the league, and crosses sent in, you have Balassi joining Zaha, who's top five in, in crosses, successfully completed. You all of a sudden have a, a, an attack that's finally going to start finding its feet. Adebayor scores, scores a great header at the weekend. I think we're going to start seeing Wickham a little bit less. I love Wickaldinho from the bottom of my heart, but I think Balassi is really what helps bring all of that together. In defense, Tottenham against Swansea is something you don't hate. Also, I surprisingly like Bellerin and Montreal against a struggling Manchester United attack. That's definitely without Wayne Rooney, although as I mentioned to Dave Hendrick over there on them good old Anfield indexes, um there's a possibility that United could become a lot more formidable in the coming weeks. That is a big if. That is a big if. Um but specifically if Van Gaal is willing to implement the 5-3-2 that he ran with the Dutch national team at the last World Cup that came in third by the way, his shoulders off. Um, But if he runs that formation, pay, pairing Martial and Depay up top with Mata behind them, Herrera and Schneiderlin creating from deep in the midfield, that could potentially be their best 11, which Louis Gaal has never been able to, able to figure out for United. So anyway, I'm sure a lot of people are looking at Arsenal and like, oh, Man United? But A, Man United have been awful this year. Uh But B... Now that I've convinced you that you should start Charleston Little players, be a little concerned because if they actually play that group of players that I just mentioned, they could be a little bit more formidable than Wayne Rooney who tends to hold up their attack. Now that I've blabbered for a while, hey John, who are your other starts?
4: Oh, well, uh, with respect to uh, Luka Modric, I'm just going to say that uh, Xavi Alonso says hello. Uh, <laughs> with respect to the title of this podcast, I think it should be called We All Love the Sound of Our Own Voices. And with respect to Yannick <laughs> To Belasi, be fair,
2: we do. And we have great radio voices.
4: Fair enough. Yannick Belasi hasn't started a Premier League match since the 19th of December. Like, I appreciate what you guys are saying, but there's no possible way that I am jumping on the Yannick Belasi train right now. I'm just saying it's late
2: in the season. Maybe you can't wait to wait, if that makes any sense. Maybe you want to jump on the crest of that wave. I'm not doing it. Don't get that twisted. I'm just saying that if you're behind a lot, it could be an interesting way to make up a lot of points in a differential when a lot of people are waiting.
4: I don't disagree with that, but for 6 million pounds, if you're going to look at midfielders that are, let's say, conservatively like owned in less than 5%, right? Because he's owned in three mm. uh, percent. Mark Albrighton, five point five million. Lester still owned in only five point five percent. Selected four point nine million. Uh, West Houlihan, Norwich. We love Norwich. Johnny Housen, West Houlihan. That is an, a great matchup this week. <laughs> Johnny Housen is indeed my boy. Yeah, there we go. Um, you know, even even maybe if somehow Nathan Redmond finally starts getting the starts that he deserves. But uh, Wilfried Zaha, five point three percent owned. Uh, excuse me, 5.3 million, 2% owned, facing West Brom away, Sunderland away in the next two game weeks. I mean, all those guys are players that I'd rather own. And that's just based on, like, I know they're going to start. I know they're going to get minutes. I know they're not going to get pulled off in the 54th minute with a recurrence of a knee injury or a hamstring injury. Like It's just, it, I'm I'm not willing to, for the 4, the, excuse me, the f- 0.4 million pound difference between Yohan Kabay and Yannick Balassi, I'm not willing to roll the dice there. Um, I appreciate all of what you're saying, and I think it's, it's certainly valid, but I'm sticking with um, for a. He doesn't get play, forward.
2: He just doesn't. He does not contribute in the final third in any meaningful way. It's, it's absolutely true. He doesn't.
4: But he is the person that touches the ball the most on that team. And
0: Inarguable.
4: If yeah, and if I'm looking at someone who could possibly outperform his underlying stats, it's a player like that, right? It's a player like uh, Juan Mata. It's a player like Johan Kabay, a player that gets the the ball uh, on his foot and is able to play it into an attacking position more frequently than anyone else. It you, may not pay off, but yeah, yeah i mean, you you more comfortable.
2: What was it, December 9th or 19th when 19th. Lassie last played? Okay, yeah. so <laughs> the last time that Johan Kabay scored more than two fantasy points in the official game was before that, on December 16th. Since then, his point totals in the official game. 0, 1, 2, 0, 2, 1, 2, 0, 2, 2. It's just not inspiring. I understand where you're coming from, where you're projecting forward. They do have better matchups. They had a tough run there. No which I mentioned, obviously hurt them. A lot of losses, a lot of goals conceded in that period. See, I, I'm more hesitant about Kabai, just because he's so uninvolved when it comes to the final ball. I'm not saying that if hockey assists counted, which by the way, the official stance of this on the show is that hockey assists should definitely count in fantasy. But since they don't, Modric would be amazing. You mentioned Xabi Alonso would also be amazing. So would Johan Gabay, but in the official game at least, not worth your time. Now in any draft league, in daily leagues, absolutely. Johan Gabay is a beast in all of those other facets. But in the official game where you're looking at goals, assists, and clean sheets to earn you a single point, he's not getting any of them at the moment.
4: That's totally fair, Kevin. I'm I'm not going to fight with that. But I would still say. But still, I, don't
2: you still don't get Belasi? <laughs>
4: well, for point for point four mil, no, I'm going to take the guy that I know is getting ninety minutes and all the underlying stats that point toward success.
2: Mm. Fair enough. Um, do you do you have defenders that you want to talk about, or did we pretty much cover them? Uh,
4: no, I mean, I I, uh, I tweeted out on the twenty third uh, that the short slate was really messing with my uh, top forty ranks. I did the top forty uh, defender ranks this week on uh, Playtaga. I think that uh, Rob did the top forty defender ranks as well. Hmm. Those are going to I'll gonna probably publish, jump in on
2: midfield, but yeah.
4: Yeah, those are going to uh, those are going to publish on uh, on excuse me on Wednesday night. Uh, and my top five are Eric Dyer, uh, PVA, Creswell, Daniels, and Christian Fuchs. And I think that it's not just a matter of a short slate, but the fact that there are just a bunch of guys that are really kind of outperforming what we maybe thought that they were going to be able to do. Uh, I am not one of those people that's rating Charlie Daniels number two because I believe in his penalty ability. I'm rating it based solely on the underlying stats. I've taken... I typically take penalties out of the equation, um, and he's he's just that good. And then also, you know, you're missing defenders from uh, from Newcastle, from Everton, from uh, from City, and from Liverpool. So he he bumps up a couple spots. But um, I, I I do like him. I think that uh, I think if you look at my top forty, I ended up rating five Tottenham defenders. And I realize in a salary cap game you can't do this, but if you're playing in a cash game or if you're playing in a play draft game where you can make a change in your lineup until five minutes, three minutes, two minutes before kickoff, pay attention on Sunday and see where uh, Tottenham's lining up. And if they're playing Kieran Trippier or if they're playing Ben Davis or if they're playing uh, Wimmer if they're playing whomever, uh, Kyle Walker, start that guy. And yeah. you're going to be in the minority, and you're going to benefit greatly from it. That is the difference between finishing in the money and finishing outside this weekend, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I waited until the FA Cup. Like I said, this is my first appearance, actually, where I mentioned the Spurs rotation because I wanted to have that week where I was sure. If you want to have a week to be sure, that if if my calculations are, uh, are correct, this weekend we will see, because on Thursday we'll see Trippier and Davis. This weekend we'll see Walker... Alderweireld, Vimmer, and Rose. And if it's true this week, then you can lend that to your own thing. If you want to wait a week to make sure I'm right, that's fine. I watch more Tottenham than pretty much anybody could. But uh, do keep an eye on that. I agree with you, John, that you, you do need to keep an eye on it. It does get kind of touchy, especially there. But in other formats where you have where, where you don't have to declare your lineup hours before that match will actually happen, uh, that, that'll definitely benefit you. Uh, all right, Rob, we, we haven't heard from you in a while. What you got for sits, man? Uh,
3: sits. I'll start in the back. Uh, I don't like United's matchup against Arsenal. They're com- Arsenal's coming off a, a game in the Champions League that they looked a little uh, going to come into the game a little pissed off. I think. Yeah, and man, United, they
2: played annoyingly well too.
3: Yeah, in the first half yeah. they played well. They, you know, guys were looked invisible to me, uh, Messi and Neymar to me. But that they whatever they were doing in the first half didn't work in the second half because they completely got broken and Murdasakar just completely sucked.
2: Um, also, shout out to uh, Flamini coming on and conceding a penalty in his first minute on the pitch. Yeah, he got like a Gordie Howe hat trick in, in a
3: minute. In, in a, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, United defense, you know, CBJ is is iffy for this week. Um, could retur- could make a return. Of, I don't even know if Darmian is completely healthy, so it's going to be a ragtag bunch in the back for United so that's I who think I did see
2: either Valencia or Young is back. I don't know which one, but in theory, one of them is okay for this week. Yeah.
4: But that's who I got on defense. I don't think that Valencia is back this week. I saw some comments. Uh, LVG said that he wasn't going to be ready for the Europa League. He's still coming back. So I think of Valencia. If Valencia is back, he's a play. But I don't think that he's set for this weekend.
3: I, yeah. I also heard from LVG that he wants his players to be more horny. So... Um. <laughs>
2: So take that as you will. Also, he so showed his balls we to all. all of his players. So, at so, John,
3: so John Wayland in one hand, LVG in the other. Who are you going to believe?
2: <laughs> Whichever one is horny. Horner? Well, one
4: of us hasn't led Manchester United to their worst finish since the Premier Ever. League
2: started. Yeah, literally, yeah. Um, okay, so I will quickly run through my sits before we head over to John. Um, Diego Costa up front. Now, I don't by any means think that this is the beginning of the end situation here. But it'll probably be a bit of a blip, especially uh, considering what he's been doing him because they're facing what is basically an unbeatable defense. Chelsea are playing much better to what I'm sure is Rob's delight. They're averaging two goals per game over the last five. But unfortunately for them, Southampton are averaging zero goals allowed per game over their last five, mostly because they haven't conceded in their last five. Hashtag math um, or maths. If you're listening from England, I don't know why you pluralize it. Be sure to tweet me and explain that to me. I have English friends, and they're not very good at English, which has led them to be incapable of explaining it to me. Um, also, bring out the bye-bye wagons for Watford forwards, unlike what John said, and a little bit to the sympathy towards Troy Deeney, which Rob mentioned, because it's it's for me, it's just too much like, and because we have an All-American crew on today, it's too much like the New Orleans Saints backfield from like three years ago. Where you know two of them are scoring, but you don't know which ones, and you always have the wrong one every week. Like, I know, Rob, didn't you captain De- uh, captain Igalo in the last match week? Rob, maybe? Possibly? Filling yeah, your time? I, I did, actually. Yeah, and then Dini scores two goals. Yeah, it, I just don't want to be a part of this anymore. I have Igalo at the moment. We'll talk about this later in our moves this week. I'm considering taking a negative four to bring in Vardy this week on an, uh, in, an ac- in an excellent matchup. But I'm just not all about this Watford attack this week. I know Bournemouth haven't been great, but they've been much better than you'd think. I think they're still top 14, which is not the most encouraging thing you'll ever hear. But what I'm saying is I don't think they're going to score more than two goals. And where are they going to come from? I don't know. Will a Watford striker score this weekend? Undoubtedly. I just can't tell you which one it is. Unfortunately,
3: it's, a, it's like a guessing game. You know, John John brought up the stat before. They have 29 goals in the year, and, they, and they, those two guys have 22. So, Yeah, and Nogalo
2: was providing all the assists before, but doesn't at the weekend? I, I don't know. It, it hurt. And by weekend, I mean like whatever, seven weeks ago. Whatever the last match week was that feels way too long ago. Yeah, it's, it's way, way long ago. Yeah. All right, uh, in midfield, obviously Barkley and Silva and anybody that's a midfielder that you have. Maybe Winyaldum, if you still have held on to him because you're wrong and you didn't listen to Rob's advice like three weeks ago on this home-away splits, uh, which are supposed to only be a three in baseball, but apparently very much a thing for Jorginho Winyaldum, who loves the home cooking. Um, sitting this week, Sigurdsson and AU. Is it entirely possible that Sigurdsson scores a revenge goal against Tottenham to ruin their day? Absolutely. Um, but the Spurs defense is is incredible this season. And this isn't just me boasting. It honestly took me this long to really brag about it. But this Tottenham defense ranks top 10 in every meaningful defensive statistic. Goals allowed, tackles, interceptions, blocks, clearances, clean sheets, and the list goes on. It looks like Spurs will have Lloris back by then. Uh, so I, for me, I find it very hard to believe in a Swansea attack that's really stagnated lately. I loved the signing of Pulaski. A, a person that won't always be offside, just two-thirds of the offsides that Gomez was. He works really hard. He's a really good, not necessarily a target man, but he can hold up the ball, pass it back to the likes of Sigurdsson and AU, Uh, but you mentioned John at the top of the show, no more John Joe Shelby, which you'd think would be a detriment, but Ki-Sung Young dealing with his head injury. I don't really buy Jack Cork. I never have. I'm just not loving this, this Swansea side this week. They've had three really tough matches in a row with Arsenal, Southampton, and now Tottenham. After this, things start to look a lot better, but I'm sitting them this week. For defenders, I'm sitting West Ham defenders across the board. I love West Ham's attack against Sunderland. Don't get me, don't, don't get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? But their attack has been at least competent. But, West, I don't know. I, I, I really do like, enter Valencia uh, up top but for the West Ham defenders I'm just not really convinced They they've managed to get just one clean sheet in their last six matches and Sunderland they're not the best attack in the world but they failed to score just once in their last five six goals scored over that period I don't know I I, I think the Sunderland will score that one annoying goal that renders the likes of Cresswell and Adrian useless this week. And Adrian and somebody we'll talk about a little bit later. But I I really do like this West Ham defense. I think putting Ogbana in is a benefit to them. I think they got him for a song from Juventus. And I thought Juve treated him poorly. Um, but I, I just don't think this is the week... I know, Sunderland, you think they're immediately bad, but what are the odds that Defoe, who used to play for them, by the way, just gets a random long ball and tucks one in? Or Patrick Van Anholt, as he's been doing lately, crosses just all over everyone on the byline, then cuts in, and Raynel puts a cross into the net on accident. I just think it's too likely that Sunderland gets a scold to promote West Ham this week.
3: Yeah, I I agree that uh, West Ham is kind of shaky this week. I still love Cresswell, but... um... Yeah, I, I don't. I don't trust Sunderland's attack as much as I. I hate. I, I don't trust West Ham's defense. If that makes any kind of
2: sense, they betrayed us so much.
3: Yeah, you know what? I thought they had a nice little string of games, and I thought they could string something along. And you know what? I just completely guessed. I completely got got it completely twisted and wrong. Uh, Adrian, especially Cresswell, has been okay because he's at least contributing some kind of stats, and more. He'll in, pick up bonuses here and there, yeah, more in other formats than than the official official game, but you know. I'm I'm Leria West Hand. You know, they're they're shaky, but I do I do like Agbana in the back, as you as you mentioned. Um, you know, I had I have Defoe Defoe listed as my sit in here because I don't think he's gonna be due for a revenge game. I don't even think he gets a full 90, maybe even not even a start, but that's just me. Um yeah, I this this is not a week, especially with the the trim down schedule to be to be gambling on on much of anything. You basically want twelve guys and twelve guys only. This week, that's all you need this week is to play 12. You know, you need one bench guy to cover you. So that's all you need.
2: Yeah, and, and there are plenty of good defensive matchups. Leicester against Norwich, you have to like. Southampton, I already mentioned, against Chelsea. I realize that Chelsea are revitalized, but Southampton have just been shutting down everything. Stoke versus Villa. I know Stoke have been struggling, but the Villa are far worse. Crystal Palace against West Brom, who can't score a single goal for their entire lives. Tottenham against Swansea. This isn't the week you need to gamble on West Ham. I know that the fixtures are a little bit shorter because you have four teams missing, but there are plenty of good matchups from some of the better defenses in the league that I think you need to start over them.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree that there's, this is a good week for defense. If you, Most of the guys on those teams are rostered a lot of places, and if you're looking to fill in the gaps between now and especially for week 30 when there's another blank week, it's a good place to look at for players that are not missing any weeks in both weeks. Especially the Leicester and, uh, I believe, Southampton.
2: Yeah. All right. So, John, call us Leslie nope because we just steamrolled that conversation. Who are your sits for the week?
4: Well, guys, I just want to let you know uh, I happen to be in possession of a Gray Sports Almanac 2001 to 2050. Okay. So I know the final results of the West Ham, Sunderland, Leicester, North, Southampton. Oh, sweet. You went Chelsea, back in time. So,
2: yeah. Well, I,
4: I, I, technically I went forward in time. But Wait, you went I'm forward here, to the past? That's correct. That's the title of the film, I believe.
3: Right, yeah. That's like waking past. up dead. That's like waking up hmm. dead. Can't wake up dead.
4: What do they call it? Um, I'm the time traveler movie. I don't, hmm. I, my grandfather. Inspector Space Time. It. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's awesome.
3: Um, did, did you actually rob plutonium from uh, plutonium from the Libyans, or is this a whole? Well,
4: I was part of the Arab Spring. Is that oh, kind of nice. What if you're comment? your
3: own grandfather? <laughs> I, I was part of the Poland Spring. <laughs>
2: it was part
4: of the irish one
2: <laughs> wonderful soap. hashtag soap jokes anyway john
4: and eight twenty three going back 15 seconds mark and hey kev it's really great to be joining you for the first time
2: on the podcast tonight. yeah really great to have you obviously a Thank former contributor so to so blog.playtalker.com. yeah what have you guys been talking about talking a little bit about fantasy so tell us john who are your sits from match week 27
4: uh, well, obviously, apart from the fact that uh, everyone needs to be cognizant of that, they're only eight. So you need to be um, looking to uh, replace uh, steadfast players like Bellerin and uh, Nacho Monreal, uh, Paul Dumit, maybe if you have him from uh, Newcastle um,
2: or. Paul Dumit, by the way, short of Billy Jones, is the worst Premier League footballer that exists. Is.
4: David Dunn no longer playing in the Premier League? Mm.
2: Interesting. Also, Jose Enrique, who I think is still technically on Liverpool's squad.
4: Well, I know that we're paying him a lot. I don't know that I've seen him play.
2: But I mean, like. (laughs) By the way, I mentioned to a Newcastle fan that the deal where Jose Enrique could have gone back to Newcastle so they wouldn't have to start Paul Dummett was a win win. And uh, Zach Forster, who's been on the EPL and FPL roundtables, uh, was like, is that really a win for anyone and i have to agree that it probably wouldn't be
4: i'm sure liverpool would be happy not to be paying a salary but like you know it's it's kind of one of these um catch 22s right like i think i mentioned earlier that i would i i have uh five tottenham defenders in my top 40 for the ranks this week and it's really a matter of i'm i'm going to play a back 5 of Robert Huth, Virgil van Dijk, uh, Hector Bellerin, uh, Eric Dyer, and and an as-yet-to-be-determined defender, who I will determine during the end of this podcast. And four of those guys will be in my lineup this weekend. I'm shying completely away from um, all of the... uh, I'm I'm happily selling all of the players that are on a a postponed match this week, knowing that I can afford to use one or two of my transfers later to bring in a double game-week defender. But... I think it's the Southampton crew. Uh, Since Frazier first came back, it's six clean sheets on the spin. I am not uh, particularly worried about them conceding uh, a boatload to Chelsea. They may not get a clean sheet, and that's fine. But uh, even a resurgent uh, Chelsea is susceptible to being hit on the break. That team does not defend well down the flanks. And that is how Southampton is going to look to attack them. So I'm comfortable starting uh, Ryan Bertrand. I'm start, comfortable starting Virgil van Dijk.
2: Yeah, no attack speed. them with
4: who? Who are they going to attack them with? Sadio Mane? Who starts uh, Char- every other week? Char- Charlie Austin, Shane Long, okay. Char- Graziano Pellè, Char- Dushin Padish, Sadio Ooh. Mane. Can
2: I talk about Shane Long for a second? Can I just
4: name all of Southampton's?
2: that's okay don't worry about it that was last year (laughs) so shane long so uh uh one of one of my good friends and also a a guest on the epr roundtable guto huellen uh who is welsh was talking to me about shane long i asked him why is shane long so annoyingly good at headers and apparently he was a he was a professional hurler back in the day hurling of course as we all know is a long-standing game, and by all know, I mean, I didn't even know about back in the day, but apparently just a lot of jumping is involved, and that apparently this is why Shane Long, who is a tiny, diminutive man, is able to get on so many leaping headers. So anyway, uh, gable out there to all the hurling players, and Shane Long, who hurling is an entirely amateur sport, so I had to choose very early on between hurling and being a Premier League footballer, and probably decided the right way. All right, um, so <laughs> we've gone on from there. We've already done the commercial thing, right? Yeah, we did one. Oh, great. Awesome. Great forethinking for me before <laughs> we kept drinking. Um, we did
4: that one for Irish Spring also, so that's that's two.
2: Right, we did two Irish Spring. That is a correct statement. Okay, so, John, we are mm-hmm. going to move in into our 65 million pound challenge against the kind folks over there at Anfield Index Fantasy Football Show. And by kind, I mean jerk faces that change the rules at the very last second. Otherwise, we already would have won in, as I said already, our 65 million pound challenge. So, John, we'd be interested to get your thoughts. Our 65 million pound challenge team, by the way, I do get $10 for every time I say the words 65 million pound challenge. That's a lie. I'm just being super repetitive right now. Our current team, Harry Kane, Della Ali, Mikhail Antonio, Johnny Housen, my boy, who you've also pimped this week, Kevin Vimmer, Cameron Borthwick-Jackson, Eric Peters, Adrian, Odia Agallo, Marco Arnautovic. Where do you think we should go? I think we
4: should probably name those players either by position or possibly in alphabetical order, but not how you just said
2: that? I absolutely will not do that. Rob, <laughs> what are your thoughts?
3: Well, my thoughts are this, that we do not have enough Fox on the team right now. Hmm. and we What need does make
2: three- the Fuchs say? Again, exactly. shout-outs to and Dylan.
3: So my three transfers for this week are, we are going from Adrian to Schmeichel, Vimmer to Fuchs, and Firmino Tamares, those are moves. Whoa whoa
2: whoa. whoa, 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 whoa. So a couple of problems. First of all Sure. If we're not upgrading any of those positions other than we're bringing, in the to be- Fuchs, bringing in the best player possible in no, the no, no. league. No no no. But listen, if if we're only going from Adrian to Schmeichel, we don't need to switch out Vimmer. Yeah, we do. No, we we really don't. Okay, so currently we are on sixty four point nine. Okay, mm-hmm. so moving from Firmino. Okay, so this is the first question. Actually, it's not a question because I asked the infield X guys and they didn't get back to me in time. Do we earn the point two points from Firmino going up while we owned him? Because I think yeah. we do.
3: Yeah, I of think, course. I don't, I don't think we discussed it, but I would imagine we do.
4: Right, but you don't. You don't earn point two. You're only going to earn the point one because you're going to have to sell him at. Oh game no 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 no! no. Yeah. It's not
2: the sell on value. John doesn't count because you like Firmino, so you want to agree with us because we're saying Firmino's great.
4: Listen, Roberto Firmino should be priced at roughly 19 million pounds in the official game. Great. So with those 19
2: million pounds added to our current 64.5, we have a math number. Okay, but do, do so, John. You're you're impartial uh, and whatever. Uh, do we get those points? You're saying we just get point one because in the official yeah, game, yeah. I, that's think, what you're selling, point, I for? think you
4: have to follow the rules of the official game, so you're only going to end up getting half that price. But like, I also think that that shift from Adrian to uh, Schmeichel is not necessarily the best shift this week, right? Because I mean, I think all of us are touting various Norwich players. And the only way that that makes sense is if we believe that Lester's going to give up a goal. And if you believe that Leicester is going to give up a goal, which I personally do, I don't see any reason to be investing um, additional. Three different, from. Yeah. No, I,
2: I absolutely agree with that. So Le- Leicester's given all, up two goals in their last six home games. Just you know. It's true. But Rob, listen to me, homie. Okay. So if we're moving from the law firm, a.k.a. Bobby Firmino, a.k.a. John yeah. Wallins, love it how, how,
3: how about this input? No, I no. don't really how about how about this? I don't really care anymore. Just make the move.
2: Okay, all right. Well this <laughs> This is all I'm saying. Is that if we move from Firmino Six,
3: sixty five million dollar challenge. Okay, good. What's our what's our hey, move?
4: Hey Rob, can you and I do a partner uh podcast to this podcast in which we just critique the podcast?
0: Jesus.
2: <laughs> <Easy>. okay, <laughs> okay. Rob, listen to me. We're talking okay, we're talking math now, right? So moving from Mino, who we're now saying is 7.1 is, or sorry, 8.1 instead of 8.2 because of John and his mixed allegiances, because they Anfield index all like Liverpool. And we drop down to Maras that puts that gives us 0.9, right? Moving from CBJ up to Fuchs is 0.8. So now we are plus 0.1 to the good on top of our 64.9. So we're plus 0.2 to the good. Correct? Mm-hmm. So, to make our third move, we can move up from Adrian to whoever you'd like at goalkeeper. If you want to go... I wouldn't even move up. I would just move from Adrian to Fraser Forster. See, that's what I said. No, it's not. That's a lie. That's blatantly untrue. I said we should move to Butland, who has two very nice fixtures against Aston Villa and Newcastle. Rob, argue with me. I don't really want to argue right now. It's
4: fine. I, I like this, Rob. Rob <laughs> what's going on, man? I'm not
2: okay.
3: arguing. I'm, I'm not arguing.
2: Okay, it's fine. So, it's so fine. moving Whenever up to
3: you said, whatever you just said is completely fine with
2: me. Moving up to Butland would be an extra point three over what we have. We'd have to do other moves or do the Vimmer deal, or should we just move out CBJ, who we're not sure who will start both weeks, and they can triple captain next week. If we do that, then we can either stick with Adrian, which I think we don't want to do, as they face no. Sunderland and Tottenham, who we mentioned Sunderland could get a cheeky goal, and Tottenham, one of the better attacks in the league. because we'd be, we'd be playing game. with our, playing against ourselves, because we own
3: Ali and Kane,
2: so we don't want True. Adrian. Yeah, you don't want that. So, would you rather go to uh, Butland? Butland's fine. And then we double up with Peters. That's fine. Right? Double up with Peters and double up with Leicester's instead of tripling up on Leicester? That sound okay?
3: That's fine.
2: Okay, so... For the infield index guys eventually listening back to this to make sure that we did it all in accordance with the rules, we are moving, officially, we are moving the law firm, a.k.a. Bobby Firmino, a.k.a. the poster of him naked that's up in John Wallen's room right now, to Riyad Mahrez at 7.2. We are moving Cameron Borthwick-Jackson, a.k.a. CBJ, a.k.a. my love interest, to Christian Fuchs, who we both love and is the official wingback of the FPL Roundtable, and we will be moving Adrian over to Jack Butland. And I definitely didn't do that because I forgot his name for a second. So those are the official moves. Come at us, bro. We're currently winning sixty to fifty-seven. John Wallen, what are your initial thoughts to that move?
4: I mean, I'm. Um Playing my wild card this week, I'm bringing in Butlin and Forster.
2: Uh, I oh wow, I- you're bailing on two keepers in one week. Oh wait, oh, you're yeah, wild carding.
4: I'm wild carding, and my keepers are uh, Rob Elliot and Simone Mignolet. Uh Probably bailing on both of them is a little bit overdue, but um, as I just you're giving said, up on
2: Meg's? yeah, but he has a five-year contract, which all Liverpool fans unanimously liked. Yep, yeah, we did. We had we had a meeting. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, it was remarkable. It was uh, it was overwhelming. Uh, we printed up T-shirts. That's why we've uh, never heard a bad word on Twitter about it. We're not allowed to tell you guys about that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that's cool. And then uh, we promptly all went out, sold him, and bought Fraser Forster. So you know, six clean sheets in a row. Uh, I should probably mention he's only had six starts. So that's a clean sheet of start and. The way the rest of this uh, season plays out is phenomenal. Uh, I mean, Chelsea at home, whatever, and this week is a little bit rough, and that's why I brought in uh, Butland. But uh, Bournemouth, Sunderland, Stoke, that's fine. Liverpool at home, Leicester away, those are both maybe iffy. Newcastle, Everton, Villa, yeah, those are. I mean, those are clean sheets. Uh, City at home, Spurs away, a little bit rough, and then Palace. But you're looking at a keeper there who's just, he's going to crush the rest of the season, guys. He's put up 42 points in six weeks. On a point-per-minute basis, he's the best goalkeeper in fantasy. On a clean sheet-per-minute basis, obviously that's a bit unfair. He's unparalleled. And uh, I'm 100% confident that he's going to do what he needs to do. I like the rest of the moves that you're making for your, for your challenge. I do. Don't like the way that the guys from Anfield's uh, fantasy football podcast are both changing the rules on you and not (laughs) having me on. I mean, both those things. You're a a Liverpool fan.
2: You seem like you should have been the shoe in.
4: I know you, right? I mean, if you go on, you go on, uh, you know, the most listened to podcast in American soccer history, and and you tell Roberto Firmino to the detriment of your career, you would think you could at least get on a fantasy podcast that's uh, based uh, on the Anfield Index Network.
2: And which we mentioned, we did have Bobby Firmino the last two weeks, earning us nineteen points.
4: Well, word. I'm just saying, you know. He's a baller,
2: yo. Hope you like getting bald. We said no more community references, and I lied, and I'm sorry for that. Okay, so if you're listening to this, we just passed the hour mark, and we usually try to keep it an hour. But screw that. We have John Wallen on, a terrific guest. We all started drinking before the show happened, so we're just going to keep the joy going. We're going to hit you with our Captains of the Week. John, you are our honorable guest. You may take the lead on this.
4: I'm looking at, and this is going to sound crazy because I think Ryan Mars is probably going to be the consensus captain's pick going up against Norwich at home. Obviously, he's been fine. I think Dimitri Payet is probably going to be the number two captain of the week uh, at home against Sunderland in that early match. I'm going to captain Troy Deeney. I believe in Troy Deeney. I understand all of Rob's uh, you know, issues there. He did hit a brace last time out against Crystal Palace. That brace did break a weird... Yeah, seven-match unscored, non-scoring, zero-scoring, whatever streak, in which he also only had two assists. But if you go back to the six matches, seven matches directly before that, he had had six or seven goals. He'd had three assists. That was really prime Dini-Igallo Premier League partnership. He's looking good. I don't see any reason why he can't do it against Bournemouth. If you go back back to the initial match against Bournemouth it was a 1-1 draw away i don't see that happening again here i think that Watford are particularly well positioned i love harry the hornet i wish that he would follow me on twitter you know we're both going to slide into that corner flag uh, in about 48 what day is it about uh, 128 hours when my captain's pick has come through if you're looking for a secondary pick um, I don't want to try and steal anything from anyone here, but, but I, well, I, I think my pick is probably going to be, um, a, a bit underrepresented, which is why I want to bring it up. But, uh, I would look actually at Anthony Martial mm. against, uh, Arsenal. I think that he's probably the best bet for United to score there. I don't think Arsenal are going to keep a clean sheet. I see that maybe being a two, two match rather than a nil, nil match. And, uh, I don't like Lingard. I don't think, I mean, luck is luck. But I think that uh, I think that Martial has um, has the ability, as we saw against Liverpool earlier in the season, to beat slow central defenders inside the box. And I think that we've just seen that happen with Barcelona. And I would think that United could probably replicate that success.
3: Wait, let me get this straight. Did you just compare Anthony Martial to Messi, Neymar and Suarez? Yes, he's as good as all three of them, Rob.
2: To be fair, Martial is the French Thierry Henry, <laughs> as we joked about on the EPO Roundtable, because we hate cops thought like that. I he was the
4: French Robert Perez. Is he not the French?
2: <laughs> um, one of my favorite uh, bluffs in my life, and by bluffs, I mean blunders. Um, was I was trying to explain to somebody the kind of player that Bruma is, the Portuguese international that's played for Galatasaray, among other clubs. And I was mentioning that he was basically the Portuguese Depay. Now, the issue with that is that I've referenced Depay as the Dutch Ronaldo. So basically, by transitive property, I said that Bruma is the Portuguese Ronaldo. And from that shocking untruth, we will move to Rob. Who will tell us his captain of the week?
3: Uh I'm probably gonna stick with the, the chalk like John mentioned. I think Morez is probably gonna be the universal captain this week and Payet's probably gonna be second. Uh I could see a lot of people uh also jumping on Harry Kane this week only because he's probably the hmm. the most popular or most most owned besides
2: Vardy. Option of the mask Crusader pe- this week as well, yeah, as we totally. have confirmed that he's going to be wearing a face mask this week. I'd also
3: be worried about his fitness, because once you break your nose, it's hard to breathe. It's I'd pro- it's be worried
4: they're going f- to force him to transfer to Chelsea as well, from what I understand. <laughs> I mean, you're only allowed to wear a face mask if you play for Chelsea.
3: Only if he puts his number on it, like everybody else there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we'll have to see at the weekend, but I would agree with John that it does seem to be the trend.
3: Yeah, so I'd probably stay with the chalk this week, only because of the truncated schedule. With uh, I'd stay with Mares, Payet. You know, people want to jump on Vardy. They think he's gonna. The thing with Vardy is, I think if he scores, he only gets one. Uh, Mares might get one and an assist. Uh, Payet is the complete envelopment of the West Ham offense. So he is a a multi characteristic fantasy player, and I'd probably lean in those directions, Mares and Payet.
2: Yeah, I understand what you're saying, Rob, because <laughs> we've gotten to it. Everybody that I've mentioned. Has already been mentioned, so do what those guys said. Alright, so for uh, our teams this week, again, sorry if this is going crazy long, but we have a tremendous guest, and Rob and I are awesome as always. Um, As for me, I already have my next two transfers planned out to make sure I'm okay for Match Week 30. If you don't know what the big deal about that is, rewind to last week's episode, then realize that I said it was a lot worse than it was going to be, because Manchester City and Tottenham both get bounced, so they do both play in Match Week 30. My next two moves will be adding Vardy for Igalo and adding in Virgil van Dijk, a.k.a. BVD, uh, for Aaron Cresswell, who will be missing out that week as well. So those are my next two moves. I'm still trying to decide if I'm going to take a negative four this week to move from Igalo to Vardy following my own advice and not theirs. Both of them are saying that pimp out your, your Watford guys this week. I'm not as convinced, but we will see how all of that breaks down. For this week, I've already made my move, as I mentioned, two episodes ago, I think. Yeah, you definitely I moved, were way ahead. I moved way too early to bring in Robert Hooth instead of Joel Ward, who was about to drop in price. I needed to get them both while they were at 4.5. So any move I make is going to be a minus four in total points. John, are you making any moves this week? Yeah, I think I mentioned a couple of times. I'm actually
4: playing uh, my second half wild card this week. So uh, out are going to go a number of players. In are going to come a number of players. Uh, I'm targeting Jack Butlin, Fraser Forster as my goalkeepers. I'm bringing in Virgil van Dijk uh, as a defender. Uh, I famously uh, brought in uh, Jermaine Defoe to captain him uh, not that long ago. Ballin! Yeah. And Does, uh, Has
3: anybody ever called you John Ballin? I did that. on The last time he
4: was on, I was like, Wallin! You did! I actually remember that. Good point. State-dependent memory. Google it. So there we go. So I uh, I brought in uh, Jermaine Defoe and I uh, captained him uh, just ahead of uh, that uh, hat-trick that he had with uh, against uh, Swansea, I think it was. And then um, I promptly ignored my team and left him as my captain uh, for three goalless, assistless... <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, uh, endeavors against uh, Tottenham, Bournemouth and, and city. Uh, and um, so I'm revisiting my team and trying to reevaluate exactly where I need to go. But uh, I'm looking at uh, also replacing Sergio Aguero this weekend. While I was on uh, the show with the two of you gentlemen, I wanted to get your take. Are you willing to sell Sergio Aguero this week to ensure that you can start uh, a healthy forward knowing that harry kane may not play because of the broken nose Uh,
3: i'm not willing to sell him only because it would take it would to transfer him out and to bring him back in and i'm not using my transfer into my wild card until week 36 so no
2: yeah i'm i'm also keeping kane this week as are we in our joint team all right so as we wrap things up here john first of all could we both credit the Double Windsor with a our first meetup and b being on the Sours as the beer of the year trend about six months early? Absolutely. Yeah, it was really impressive. I was like, "What? Oh, what is this?" And now apparently Sours are like the most popular bar among beer snobs.
3: Yeah, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. I was we like, did. I was like, "I don't, I don't get it. I really don't get
2: it." John, could you could you explain it? As we both lived off Prospect Park West, both lived in Park Slope, which is. As we all know, the best bur- part of the borough of Brooklyn. <laughs> what well, well, what's your take on sours being now the prevailing beer snob beer over IPAs?
4: Uh, I've been a I've been a
2: hardcore beer
4: snob for god knows how long and so sours in the beer community have been the prevailing beer for the last 100 years. So the fact that it's finally come around to like modicum of mainstream acceptance but where people are drinking ghosts is where people are drinking uh, any kind of breaded uh, darker beer, whether it's like a red or, or a sour brown ale, something like that. Uh, it's phenomenal. I've had a number of good experiences drinking quality refreshments with both you gentlemen, uh, to which I will say cheers as I am also enjoying a, an Atwater Brewery hop appeal right now. Uh, yeah. Ale brewed with orange peel. Ooh. Uh, yeah, Atwater Brewery, brewed in Detroit. we yeah. Drink all we can and sell the rest, <laughs> according to their their can. And
2: where else did we go? We went to Owl Farm back in we the did. day.
4: Owl Farm is uh, perhaps my favorite bar in all five boroughs in uh, in New York. They are phenomenal there. Everyone should go and be very polite. And uh, Double Windsor is fantastic. Uh the good folks at Dukes put us up when uh when Playtaga had their summer ranking summit last summer. Yeah, Dukes summer. was
2: awesome, yeah. Yeah. They what were, are we they doing this great. year? Do we know yet?
4: I don't think we know yet. Okay. Uh, maybe uh Rob Langenvin over there is gonna have another good idea. I believe he was the one who was touting Dukes uh on oh, nineteenth Street, but the one uh the one up on thirty fourth. So mm-hmm. maybe he has another good idea.
3: I think we should I think we should go to Foxwoods. I think we should make
4: bring it to bring the casino to life. <laughs> I don't I listen.
2: I, I have no objection to that.
3: I originally said Vegas, by the way, and I think I may have gotten shot
2: down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying there's a place called the British Bulldog in Denver, which is filled with a lot of good folks. I I was over there recently. The bartender's a Newcastle fan. Very nice guy. Uh, And uh, that's my nomination as a trip out to Denver, because not only is beer legal there, but anyway... (laughs) <laughs> um,
4: but anyway yeah guys i mean i think and the next time we do ranks, we're gonna have a lot to talk about um, and we Taga. will do
2: our best to actually be sober during the ranks discussion no promises during the draft discussion however yeah and um, i'm sure when we're there we'll probably have a, the new game that toga that Toga
3: is launching on the draft app john which is dot, dot 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 uh,
4: yeah so um Taga's uh, current app is only for our Perfect 11 Challenge, which is um, the game that uh, most accurately replicates what a salary cap game is. Except, of course, Taga's Perfect 11 is you pick any 11 players in the Premier League, uh, regardless of salary cap, regardless of team affiliation. Uh, We're going to take that one step farther, and we're going to make uh, a challenge app that allows you to challenge any other player one-on-one. So rather than just having mini week, uh, mini leagues over the course of the season, uh, Rob, you can sit there, you can challenge anybody, any one of your followers, any one of your listeners on the FPL roundtable wants to challenge you, they can just put in your code, they can find Rob Lyman, they can find Kevin DeVries, they can challenge you one-on-one, your 11 against their 11. And we're also uh, bowing to all the the many thousands of requests that we've received to make our uh, FPL draft game uh, fully mobile. And when we roll out the new incarnation of our app, we are going to have a fully mobile draft FPL game scored across 20 scoring categories. Both you gentlemen play in our experts league Mm -hmm. on playtaga.com already uh, to varying degrees of success, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and by varying and, he means I'm the best around. Nothing you can do will get me down.
4: <laughs> and uh, Kev is currently seventeen and nine uh, on a six-game win streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob also plays. Uh, I also play.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Those <laughs> my records I'm have in been middling. redacted. You're middling. <laughs>
4: and. Uh, but uh, we, will be fully, uh, we will be fully draft operational. Any of your listeners that want to create either a challenge on the Perfect 11 app to be able to challenge you guys or, or myself, I'm Fantasy Gaffer on PlayTaga, can certainly do that. We have a number of other people. That are going to be having feature groups. They're going to be really engaging in the Challenge app. And then when we come into the 2016-2017 Premier League season, we will be 100% mobile available. If you want to have a 12-team draft on mobile, you will be able to do that. All 12 of your league members will be able to log in online into our app at the same time and conduct a live Fantasy Premier League draft. We will be the only site that's offering that. We will be offering that on the level uh, that you would find on any major media company. Uh, we've done spent a lot of time listening to all of you, uh, all the guys, uh, everybody that plays in our pro leagues, all of our listeners, uh, all of our players, everybody that comments on our boards. We've incorporated a ton of user requests into that. And uh, we really thank everybody. We thank uh, Kevin and, and Rob and all the guys uh, at FPL Roundtable and uh, Anfield Index for all their insight and, and all their support and we're really proud of what we're about to roll out and we hope everybody uh, will download it and, and give us their feedback
3: That sounds awesome, John I can't wait to download the app
4: mm-hmm. And Rob, pimp
3: your stuff, bro uh, As always, you can find me at soccer.rasball.com or on Twitter at smokey underscore lugie. that's L-O-O-G-Y and you can find me on this podcast or i just i have a new app out it's uh you can connect any wire to your phone and pick up any other person's phone
2: legally <laughs> dude that's a good app <laughs> i heard about that what's it called it's called uh, wired up nice isn't that a website
3: <laughs> no i spelled my my wired is a backward d at the end so it's oh funny. like a like a russian d i don't a- know
4: to w y r y d
3: yeah it's yeah it's it's like weird, but it, I put it like a. <laughs> it's like it weird
4: owl,
2: like but if you spelled have, it wrong. And I have an umlaut over the E. Nice. Um, I'm Kevin DeVries at Kevin on Twitter. You can find my player updates over at playtaga.com, which I'm pretty sure we've only mentioned 98 million times. Uh, you can also find it over at theeaglesbeak.com, where I have a weekly fantasy arc- article talking about players that you should bring in and take out of your fantasy sides per price point. You can also listen to the FPL roundtable, which is this. The EPL Roundtable, which is out Fridays and Mondays, all in Sports Talk, where I appear on Tuesdays to talk about all things Premier League, and probably like seven other things that I forget that I'm doing. But I mention them every week, so you'll be sure to hear them there. It's been a pleasure having you on, John.
4: Thank you very much, guys. I always love being on with y'all.
2: Yep, it was great having you on. I don't think Rob asked you a crazy question. We'll get that oh, next time come on, man. Give me
4: oh, a hold on. Quick, quick, quick,
3: quick. We'll do it quick. We'll oh, do gosh, it quick. we're
2: so out of time. Okay, go.
4: John, what was
3: your nickname growing up and the genesis of it?
4: Oh well, uh, unfortunately, my nickname was Johnny, and that's because uh, my father's also named John. And so, rather than give me a real nickname, they decided to make my real name much longer.
2: Or and just, just adding an NNY to the end. <laughs> they just yeah. asked... my they family.
4: Like... My family is the Manchester United of name giving. It's a uh, Genev, Bex, uh, Scolzy, Digzy, mm. yeah. Butsy, Rinaldi, <laughs> Rinaldi, Fergie. <laughs>
3: I, I, are you sure they didn't be like, oh, another John? Why? Oh,
2: interesting. Then they just had <laughs> the Y to the end. <laughs> A valid point. All right. Well, on that, we are hilariously and insanely out of time. I've been your host, at Kevroff. Rob is at at Smokey underscore Lugie. John's at fantasy gaffer. Follow all of us on Twitter. We'll catch you next week. Hey. <laughs>